Man. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn. I'd like to give a special welcome if this is your first time worshiping with us. We are so grateful that you are here to be a part of this special day. If you are a first time guest, we invite you to find a card in the pew rack to fill it out and drop it off at the Welcome Center to receive a a free gift, a small token of our love and appreciation for you being here. But we are so thankful to see so many of you back in God's house. And guests, it's great to have you today. It's great to see all of you and those of you worshiping with us on Facebook Live and YouTube. We're thankful you're here worshiping as well. But at this time, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. Tell someone you're glad to see them here today. Could you do that?
chosen seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown Lord of all, let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball, to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To Amen. Remain standing as our worship team continues to lead.
Amen. We have come to worship him and to praise him and adore him. And I would like to invite you to join me at this time. Let's sing that chorus together. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy, for he alone is worthy, for he alone is worthy, Christ the Lord will give him all the glory. We'll give him all the glory. We'll give him all the glory. We'll give him all the glory. Christ, the Lord, one more time, oh, come, let us adore him. night I was waiting for my son as he went into Penn Station to get a bite to eat. I turned on my radio and turned it to WJMN Christian Radio and there was an interview that they were doing with Greg Laurie who is a pastor and author and been on the Billy Graham evangelism team for 25 years. Greg Laurie shared that he remembered one of the last crusades that Billy Graham that great evangelist who's gone on to be with the Lord, one of the last crusades that he preached, Billy Graham was suffering from the effects of Parkinson's. He was weakened in his state and in his gait. As they helped him up on the platform, he said Billy Graham slowly and powerfully looked at this side of the stadium and he said, God loves you. He looked out to the center of the stadium and said, God loves you. He looked at this side of the stadium and said, God loves you. Greg Laurie said it was such a simple message, but such a profound and powerful message from one of the greatest messengers of God in this last century. How the message is clear. If you get nothing else out of this service today, I want you to know how much God loves you. Whether you have been perfect or less than perfect, whatever you're going through today, know how much God loves you. And one of the ways we can show our praise is through singing as we've just done, but it's also by praying 
This was when we communicate with God, when we pour out our heart. He already knows what's going on with us anyway. So why not tell him? Why not ask him and share what your heart's desires are? So I would like to invite you, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come to this altar. You can kneel. You can stand. You can place an arm of encouragement around someone. You can stand from your seat. Wherever you're worshiping with us today, you might be on the beach. You might be at the campground, wherever you are. Make that your altar as we pray together. Won't you come pray with me today? May we pray together. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We can feel your mighty power and your grace. And Father, as a deer pants for streams of water, so our souls thirst for you, for the living God. And Father, this morning we have come to worship you, to praise you, to adore you, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we bow humbly before you, asking that you would lift us up. Father, I pray for folks at this altar and people praying from their seats and people praying, Father, on Facebook Live or YouTube, God, wherever they might be, we need you, God, in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me and forgive us of any sin that would hinder our prayer. Father, David said if he had cherished sin in his heart, you would not have listened. But Father, we come because we need you. We love you. And thank you that you love us and you forgive us. Your grace is sufficient and your power is made perfect in weakness. God, bless and comfort those who are grieving today that they might feel a peace that passes all understanding that comes from faith in you. Bless those, O oh God, that are battling sickness or illness. We still believe you are the Lord of miracles, and we pray if it be your will to bring complete healing in every way. Father, I pray that you would restore marriages bring families back together, provide, Father, relief from those financial burdens, bring monies from places we never dreamed or imagined. Father, I pray for folks battling addiction. You would set them free this day in the strong name of Jesus. Father, bless those battling depression or anxiety or loneliness. May they feel your presence even now. And God, we just pray for Vacation Bible School this week, that, Father, many children will come to this place to hear the message of God and hear the message of Jesus and his love. We pray that many children would accept you as Lord and Savior, or maybe their whole household will come to know you. Father, we continue to pray for great revival and spiritual awakening to break loose in our country, in our world. And Father, as we heal from this 
terrible virus. May we be spiritually cleansed and healed from your saving power. And Father, I just pray that you would just be with those maybe who have never trusted in you today, that today might be the day of salvation for many that would come to know Christ. And Father, I pray that you would continue to play and sing through our musicians. And God, help me today that you would speak in and through me. Use me, God, as your messenger, as your mouthpiece, to speak clearly the message you have placed on my heart. So, Father, we just love you. We praise you. We need you. We acknowledge you. And, Father, we just give you all glory for what you have done and for the great things you're going to continue to do and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. This morning, I invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter three to two, very familiar verses, and I'll share with you in a moment uh, how God laid this passage on my heart. Verses five and six, and after this, would you be in prayer for the choir as they come to lead us in worship? Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh! 
Amen. Thank you all for leading so beautifully. That gets your foot tapping and your heart pounding, doesn't it? So glad that you're here today. I debated whether or not I was going to share a, a joke today, and uh, I thought, why deprive them of hearing such a funny opportunity to laugh? But my wife and I were out at the grocery this past week when our son who many of you know is actually getting ready to go off to, to college in about a month. It's hard to believe. And uh, he called my wife, and we know he's going to have to start learning how to do his own laundry and everything. And so he was home trying to, to do a load of laundry to prepare for college life. And he asked his mother, he said, Mom, how much soap, how much detergent should I use? And, and Kelly said, about a cat full. And so he said, okay. And so a couple hours later, Kelly and I pull into the garage. The garage opens up. There are soap suds coming out of the garage, out of the laundry room. And Isaiah's standing there. And Kelly said, Isaiah, how much soap, how much detergent do you, did you use? And they're holding the baseball cap. He said, about a cap full. <laughs> that was a joke. He really... He's giving me the evil eye right now. <laughs> when you have to seek advice, or you have question, or you need some wisdom, who do you turn to? Who's a go-to person? When you have questions, when you have doubt, when you have fear, when you need advice, who do you turn to? When I was young, I always turned to my parents. You know why I went to my mom and dad? There were a couple reasons. Number one, because I trusted them. The second reason is because I knew how much my parents loved me. And I knew that they loved the Lord. And they always had my best interest at heart. I never can think of a time that my parents gave me advice that would lead me in the wrong way. They always shared godly wisdom and counsel to try to help me in decision-making because I knew they had my best interests at heart. What about you? Who's been your go-to person? Has it been your parents, maybe a grandparent? Maybe it's been a close friend, a, a co-worker, maybe a, a minister, possibly a counselor? Who's been a go-to person? After getting married, my wife has been a go-to person. Why? Because my wife always gives me honest and good advice. She's not a yes man. She doesn't tell me always what I want to hear. She tells me what I need to hear. And she shares the truth, and I'm grateful for that wisdom. But my parents ultimately taught me to go to God and his word when I needed the best counsel, when I needed the best wisdom. Turn to God and his word, and he will never lead you astray. And I've tried to practice that much certainly in my adult life and even into my teenage years after coming to know Christ. I've sought his wisdom and counsel. And over this last year and a half, We've been in what you could call a wilderness period. And when you look at the word wilderness, there's 
several different definitions. One is it's a desolate or a barren place. Another definition of wilderness is a state of disfavor or powerlessness. Would you all agree that this past year and a half we've been in a state of disfavor and we have felt powerless to the circumstances around us with this pandemic that we've been through? But you know what I thought of? I thought about the children of Israel, the Israelites, being in the wilderness when God had called Moses to lead them out of their bondage. And even though they were wandering in the wilderness, and we've done some wandering, we've had some doubts, we've had some questions, we've had some fear, but even though they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and even though many of them began to grumble, God was still faithful. Did you know that? Even though their faith was being tested in the wilderness, God was still faithful. How was he faithful? Well, when they didn't have food to eat, he caused manna to rain down from heaven. He caused quail to come down. He caused, when they were thirsty, water to come out of the rock. When they were hopeless with the Egyptians on one side, the, the Red Sea on the other, he parted the sea. He led them by a cloud at day and, and a ball of fire at night. God has always provided for his people. He has been faithful even in the most dark circumstances, even through those wilderness periods. And I don't know, you might still be in a wilderness period today. Maybe you're in a spiritually dark wilderness period. But know this, God is still with you. God is still faithful. And the same God that provided for the Israelites is still in the business of providing for you and me today. It's the same God. And for many years now, I've been praying for God's direction for my family and for his church. I have prayed faithfully and consistently, God, help me to lead my family and your church to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You've heard me pray it. May we never run ahead of you, nor lag behind you, or get out of step with you. Keep us in perfect step with you. You know where I got that verse? Out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, after Paul lists the fruits of the Spirit, he said in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I have tried to lead my family and this church to keep in step with his spirit. But as I was praying about direction for a passage of scripture today, there could have been many passages that God was sending my way, but I didn't get a revelation for what particular scripture until the middle of the night on July the 5th. Ironically or coincidentally or, or uh, God-led, I received it on July 5th, which happened to be my 23rd anniversary as pastor of this church. And I've been blessed to have led this church for the last 23 years. And look, we've had some good times and some bad times, some challenging times. 
I want to tell you, this last year and a half, to borrow from, a, from an old saying or slogan, it ain't been easy. It's been tough on everyone for this last year and a half. And I believe God placed a passage on my heart that I needed to hear, and I pray that you needed to hear out of Proverbs. Remember, Solomon is the one who wrote Proverbs, uh, the son of David, King David, King Solomon. Solomon was believed to have been one of the wisest people ever to live. You remember in 1 Kings chapter 3, when God was calling Solomon to become king of Israel, he prayed that God would give him a wise and understanding heart. Do you remember that? To lead his people. I have prayed that God would give me wisdom and God would give me counsel in leading you, God's church. Solomon also in his reign uh, spoke 3,000 proverbs. These proverbs were to give uh, wise counsel to help us to live lives that are according to God's will, to, if you will, a handbook for godly living. And so today, I'm so thankful that God has placed on my heart. He gave my wife, Kelly, and me a vision in moving forward, if you will, out of this wilderness period, a comeback plan to help us enter, I pray, into the promised land instead of wandering around helplessly or aimlessly. I want to share, first of all, that our mission for years has always been the greatest two commandments, to love God and to love people. That's the heart of our mission as God's church. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. And the second is this, we love our neighbor as ourselves. But as far as the vision is concerned, God gave three E's to help us to remember what his vision is. And, and I want us to be laser focused in everything we say and do and every ministry of this church to follow these three E's. And the first E is encounter, to have an encounter with the Lord. Now, what do I mean with that, to have an encounter with the Lord? This is salvation. When the proverb, verse 5 of Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, that's having a personal relationship with the Lord. Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? Do you trust in Him with all your heart? It's important that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ at the heart of our ministries here. We want everyone, when they come through these doors, when they come through the cross center doors, regardless of their age or stage in life, whether they are a child or a senior adult, uh, whether they are a, the worst sinner or a seasoned saint, we want everyone who comes through these doors to have an encounter with the living Lord. May everything we do point to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One only has to look through scriptures to see the folks who had life-changing encounters with God. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 
1 and 2, it said, And the Lord said to Abram, who would go on to be Abraham, and the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, from your people, from your father's household, and to the land which I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. That was a life-changing encounter with God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, remember Moses was out tending his father-in-law's flock when God called him within a bush. It was a burning bush. And he said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And remember, God went on to say, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals from your feet, for the ground on which you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the misery of my people, and I have heard the cries because of your slave drivers, and I am concerned for you. You better believe that God is concerned for you today, and he hears our cries as well. It was a life-changing encounter that God would go on to use Moses to lead the children of Israel out of their slavery and out of their bondage. We think about in Luke chapter 5 when Peter, James, and John had been out fishing all night, and then Jesus comes into the picture, and he says, put out your nets into the deep, and they said, Master, we fished all night, and we haven't caught a thing, but because you say so, we will. Remember, they put their nets out into the deep, and what happened? Their nets were so full that they began to break. The boats were so full that they began to sink. And Peter realized, convicted by the presence of God, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Do you remember what the Lord said to him in verses 10 and 11? Jesus said, don't be afraid, Simon. From now on, you will fish for people. So then they took their boats off on shore and they left everything and they followed him. They had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. And do you remember in Acts chapter 9 when Saul was on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians? And do you remember a, a bright light shone from heaven in verse 4 said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in verse 5 he said, who who are you, Lord? He said, it is Jesus whom you have been persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. He had an encounter with God. And look, when we have an encounter with God, it's challenging us to surrender our will to his will. We're doing what he wants, not what we want. We're following his lead and not our own. And it's my prayer that if you haven't, you would have an encounter with the living God even today. It's possible you had an encounter with the Lord when you were a child at Vacation Bible School. Maybe that's when you had your first encounter with Jesus. Maybe you were on a youth retreat or a youth trip and the living Lord spoke to you and you had a life-changing encounter with the Lord. It's possible that you were at a revival service or a service here at church, and you heard the Lord clearly calling your name, and you had a life-changing encounter. It's possible that God has used your circumstance to get your attention. 
Maybe a health issue has caused you to open your eyes to say, I need a greater strength than my own. Or maybe through a broken relationship, God has drawn you unto himself. It's possible that a job loss, and now God is calling you to say, look, I told you, you need me more than anything else, and it's caused you to draw near to him. Maybe he's used COVID to draw you to him, to have an encounter with the living Lord. Early on when COVID was just ramping up, uh, I had one of our members to contact me because he had been sharing with the neighbor about Jesus Christ. And he actually gave the phone to his neighbor. And the neighbor started talking to me, sharing that they were afraid that this might be the end, the end of time, that the world was going to end. And he did not yet know Jesus Christ personally. And he wanted to make sure he was getting his house in order because the future was and still is uncertain. And so it was my privilege on the phone to pray with this man. He and his daughter received Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I need to get in touch so he can be baptized. They wanted to be baptized in the river or, or the creek. And I said, it'd be my privilege to do that when we were able to do it. But what about you today? Would it be possible that you close your eyes and you listen? Maybe he's saying your name, John, John, Susan, Susan, Jim, Jim, Sally, Sally, is it possible He's calling your name today, and you've been trying to tune him out, but he's calling you, and he said, it's time. It's time to come to me. What are you waiting for? It's time before it's too late. The first E of this vision is encounter. The second E is equip. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We don't have it all figured out, do we? I don't have it all figured out, but I know the one who does. When we know Christ, we don't have to worry about the future because he holds the future in his hands. And I pray today that to be equipped, that's discipleship. And what's discipleship? Discipleship is the process of becoming like Christ. And the more that we live for Christ, when we have godly decisions, we make Christ-like choices then his will will be revealed to us. And the only way we can do this is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that when you have an encounter with God, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and it gives us the strength to make decisions and to convict us and to protect us from going astray. And if you've had an authentic encounter with the Lord, then you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you to help you and to help me. But when we think about discipling, we, we think about the need of us to learn more of God's Word. What was the great commission Jesus gave in Matthew 28, 18 through 20? He said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them 
to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age, teaching them to obey everything he has commanded us. We must continue to grow in our faith. That's what Paul was saying in Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Did you get that? We work out and God works in. It's a collaborative uh, teamwork here. We work out our salvation and he works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to disciple, to grow. I was startled and sorry to hear out of the Pew Research Center, you're, you're going to be, I think, surprised too, that said only 7% of Kentuckians read the scriptures more than once or twice a month. 7% of Kentuckians only read the scriptures once or twice a month. They would go on to say that only 8% read the scriptures several times a year. That's startling, surprising, shocking, sad. That so few people are investing in reading the word of God. If we want to be more like Christ, and look, we don't read God's word just to puff knowledge. We read it so we would be changed to be more like Christ, that, that his conduct would be evident in the way we live, in the way we treat people, in the way we talk, in the way we serve. There should be a change in us when we are truly being discipled. And in saying that, I want to share as part of this vision that for the first three Sunday nights in a month, four if there are five Sundays in the month, we are going to encourage you to be a part of a Bible study, small group, discipleship class study, a table group. We want you to connect with the Word of God and a small group of other believers. It was Acts 2.42 that's been a, a blueprint for how God's church should operate. And this is something we've tried to follow since day one, since I've been pastor here. After the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, in, in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So these first three Sunday nights of the month, four if there are five Sundays in the month, we're going to encourage you to sign up to be a part of a small group. And we certainly need facilitators and teachers and, and discipleship leaders. We need your help. But this is we will grow in our relationship with the Lord and with one another. But it said, not only did they devote themselves to the fellowship and the breaking of bread, but it said into prayer. Prayer meeting is so important. On Wednesday nights, we're going to get back to having a fellowship meal at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. Did you know the two questions I've been asked the most during the wilderness period? When are we going to have donuts at Sunday school, and when are we going to start eating on Wednesday nights again? That's what you all been most concerned about is eating. I mean, I like to eat too. 
But the most important part is, after we come up from downstairs, we're going to come in this sanctuary and have 15 minutes of praise and worship. And for the remainder of the time, we're going to have laser-focused prayer. We're going to pray for the lost. We're going to pray for families. We're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for our world. We're going to pray for the sick and the hurting. We're going to pray for a great move of God's Spirit on Wednesday nights in this very room. And so many people said, I'd come to prayer meeting, but I feel awkward coming in when <clears throat> people are sitting around the table chomping on a cookie or pie or, or, you know, they feel like they can't come and sit down. So now if you like to eat and fellowship, we're going to meet at five downstairs. If you just all about the prayer, then we're going to meet up here at six o'clock. But my prayer is that after you eat, you're not going to leave, that you'll come up here to pray. We might make a deal. You can't come eat unless you come pray. <laughs> We're going to sign, read the small print. I'm kidding you. We can't make you do that. But I hope you will. We invite you to come be a part. I'm so excited about what God is going to do. Rick Warren said in his book, Purpose Driven Church, he wrote that before Purpose Driven Life. Did you know that? He said, we are to grow warmer through fellowship, deeper through discipleship, stronger through worship, broader through ministry, and larger through evangelism. And that's what we're called to do, which leads me to the third E. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight. The final E is evangelism. Evangelize. The whole reason is we have an encounter with God. We are quit so we can go out and share the good news of Jesus with the lost and dying world. That's what we're called to do. Do you know why God put us here to bring glory to him. He put us here to bring glory to him. And what brings him the most glory than by sharing with others how they can have the hope of Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then in Acts 1, 8, it says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are the hands and feet of Christ. That's why now you want to know what's going to happen on the last Sunday night of the month, the first three or four on Sunday nights, small groups on the last Sunday night of the month, every other month, the first month, it will be a serve us, U.S., we will have a gathering either in this room to have worship or to have a guest speaker, to have a concert. It might be a seasonal meal. It might be a picnic. The latter part of August, and I got to check with Richard Jones, we're going to do a big baptism at the creek, but we're going to come together to pour in to you so that we can pour out to others. And then the next month, on the last Sunday of the month, we're going to do a mission or evangelistic uh, project together. For example, we might pack 
harvest for Haiti mills downstairs. We might pack for Operation Christmas Child. We, we might bring water bottles and, and put scripture or the plan of salvation around them, go to a community event to pass out a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. We're, we're going to go uh, collect for Natalie's sisters or food drive for the manna house, but, but we are going to be mission-focused and evangelizing. Did you know that the Kentucky Baptist Convention has an initiative right now that they want every home in Kentucky to hear the message of Christ before November? And it's called the gospel to every home. And I couldn't believe this. You know what the KBC said, and maybe this is after COVID, or maybe it was before. 81% of Kentuckians are unchurched. 80 1%. That means out of the 10 houses you pass on the way here, eight of those homes, those people aren't going to church or maybe have no relationship with Christ. 81%. How are they going to know about Christ unless we take the message to them? How are they ever going to come and have an encounter unless we go to them with the love of Jesus Christ? I did a reset online. We're about to wrap this up. I thought I'd be going to 1230. I'm going to have you out in time to get to Captain D's before the crowd. But I, I'm so excited what God is doing. But, but he needs you and he needs me to be willing to serve. Now, what did Jesus say in, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And he needs us today to take the message. And I want us to be a part of this initiative. I did this online conference about ministers resetting, restarting after the pandemic. There were about 7,500 ministry leaders that participated. And you know what? And I've maybe already shared this, but they said that People just aren't coming back to church after COVID. They've gotten comfortable at home, watching in their pajamas, eating their pancakes, drinking their coffee, and they just soon stay at home. They miss out on the fellowship. They miss out on so much being together. One pastor from California said he used to have six services on the weekend. Now they're only having two. That many people are not coming back to church. That's a sad commentary. But it said that we must change our ministry scorecard, that we can't base our success on how many people are sitting in the pews. Instead, we need to focus on not the quantity, but the quality of what we do. So we're going to try our best to make ministry here at the Forks of Elkhorn quality, being faithful, and let God take care of the harvest. We're going to do our part. And we know God's going to do his part. But we need your help. Would you be willing to pray about how God would use you as we come out of the wilderness and as we follow his lead? I want to close with two stories, and then I'm going to be done. I shared with you my family and I got away on some vacation. It was great. It's always great to get away. It's always great to get home. Uh, sometimes you never want it to end, and sometimes my family couldn't wait for it to end because they were with me. But the fact is, 
one day we were at the beach. We were at, I was at the condo, and I was, had gone back to the room, and then I was headed back on a sidewalk by a lake where we were staying, headed to the beach. And I was, I was in my flip-flops, feeling good, you know, had the tan going on, looking good. And out of the tall grass, this big snake came right down, I mean, almost over my feet. And I went, whoo! If somebody was on their balcony or watching, they probably got a good kick out of watching me jump by. That thing went right over. I was on the path. I was on the right path that I was supposed to be going. But that snake out of tall grass came right down in front of me. That's exactly how the devil works. We're trying to be on the right path. We're minding up. We're happy. Just life is grand. And then boom, out of the tall grass, that ancient serpent comes and tries to destroy you, to discourage you, to defeat you. And after I jumped back, and I, and I didn't even share this at the early, I went running yesterday. I, I was running out 421, and, and I tried to keep my eyes straight ahead, but I looked down, and there was a, a, an old dead snake curled up right in my path. And I thought, you know what? That's the way it is. The serpent, the snake has been defeated. The devil has been defeated. He's dead. He's dead. He has no victory. Now, here's the second story, and I close with this. One night, we went out to eat. COVID has never been to Florida. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, it is wall-to-wall people up in your face, seated like this, you know. So anyway, but the fact is, we went to eat at this uh, famous place. Some of y'all may be eating there, Pompano Joe's. It was at the beach, right on the beach, beautiful. But it was about an hour and a half wait, you know. You try to get there early, and everybody else thought the same thing. And so we're just waiting, looking over this rail out onto the beautiful ocean, and uh, hungry, but just kind of looking out. And then we saw something going on. We saw a man with a little girl. There was about as far down as a, maybe a couple football fields, a, a lifeguard stand. And there was a couple lifeguards on their little four-wheelers getting it down the beach. And there was a man with a little girl that was clearly distraught. And these lifeguards were flying down through there. And then a moment, there was a, a lady, two ladies, and another child running down the beach. And then this man with the little girl starts coming toward them. And then we see the little girl break free. And then what was her mother break free and come here? This little girl had been lost from her mom and her family. Separated. Probably, like's happened to all of us, you're out in the ocean, the tide's coming and going, it's drifting you down, drifting you down, drifting you down. Next thing you know, you look up and, oh, whoa, where's my family? Where's my loved ones? They're, they're not here. It's taking them down the shore. And that's exactly what's happened to some folks during this wilderness period. The devil has slowly caused people to drift, drift, drift further away. But then when that little girl and her mother were reunited, we could hear them screaming and crying as loud as they could as they embraced one another. I got teary-eyed there watching this take place. 
And I thought, that's exactly how it is when one of God's children come back home to him. And Luke 15, 7 says, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 righteous who need not to repent. They were celebrating this lost child had been reunited with their family. Is it possible today that you need to come home to the Father? You have drifted and drifted. The tide has taken you further and further away. And you realize, I need to get back to where I need to be, to the one who loves me, to people that care about me, to people that have my best interest at heart. Why not make this today? We're not promised tomorrow. Aren't you ready to enter into the promised land through Christ as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here, and God, maybe in the stillness of this moment, they're hearing you call their name. Can you hear him? Maybe it's not audibly, but in the still, small voice of your heart. And he's saying, come home. Come home. I love you. I forgive you. I have a plan and purpose for your life. Lord, maybe there are some Christians who have drifted away, been lulled to sleep, and, and they need to be made spiritually alive again. And, and Lord, you're going to bring them back to you. And maybe some Christians are going to make a commitment this morning to say, whatever and however I can be used, you can count on me to serve. You can count on me to, to be a part of this plan God has, has given you. Or Lord, maybe there are folks that are looking for a church home and They've been visiting, and, and they want to be a part of not of a perfect church, but a church that's trying to make a difference for your kingdom. Father, that's why I always tell people to keep their eyes on you, because you're perfect, and I'm not, and we're not. So, Lord, may some new family members come in to receive your love today. However you lead, God, may we respond to your soft and tender voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you right now, if you're in this place, to stand. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment, invitation. This is for you. Don't resist him any longer. Come to him just as you are, and you will be blessed, I promise. Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home.
tenderly Jesus is calling calling oh sinner come home time is now fleeting the moments are passing passing from you Shadows are gathering, death's night is coming, coming for you and for me. Come home, come home. Tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, oh sinner, come home. So much for being here today or worshiping with us online. It's always great to see all of you. It's great to see some new faces, and we welcome you and Pray that you have been uh, challenged today and that the Lord has spoken to you and that you will come back to worship with us again real soon. I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, we were thankful at the early service that Justin and Jennifer Howard became parts of this family. I think he's going to get plugged in with the youth, he said, and their little girl, Evelyn. So we're excited about that. Remind you that every uh, night this week, or actually through Thursday, will be VBS at 6 o'clock. Uh, wilderness Escape, it's a theme, it goes all together. So I hope you'll be in prayer for our children, for Mary and our teachers, volunteers. It's going to be a great week. Be in prayer for that. And then some of you are asking, well, when are we going to start all these things? Well, we're shooting for uh, mid-August for the Wednesday nights. Uh, we lost our cook, uh, and so her plate is full, no pun intended. So we're speaking to a couple of people about possibly coming in to do our catered meals on Wednesday night. 
Uh, and then we'll be starting uh, our Sunday nights, hopefully mid-August as well. But a lot of this will depend on how many of you are willing to participate and help us in many of these areas. It's going to take a team effort to make this vision a reality. So I hope that you'll pray about what God would have you to do. And even if we do have a caterer, we might some of you need some of y'all to help serve on Wednesday nights uh, as well. So it's exciting. Our children's ministry is going strong. Our youth ministry is going strong. Music ministry is up and running strong. We're, we're excited that we are coming out and we are on that right path to what God is doing. So thank you for your patience, for your prayers, for hanging in there with us. And we know God is going to bless us beyond measure as we move forward in faith. Thank you for being here today. I want to thank Jay Jacobs for being here. Bill and I played tag. He's away now on vacation. So keep Bill and Linda in your prayers as they're away. Jay, thank you for being here to lead us. Close us out with the song. 